Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another Morph Monday episode of Shelf Aware. And stay with me, boys. We're going to be hauling butt. <laughs> I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week on Shelf Aware, we are covering Animorphs number... Fuck, I forgot the number. 12? Is this 12? 13. 13. 13, Lucky The Change 13. by K.A. Applegate. Tobias' point of view. Yes. Always welcome. I love Tobias. I continue to love Tobias. This book was so good compared to the last two we've had to read. Um, It definitely was more, less of a filler, for sure. Stuff actually happened that mattered. Yes. Um, I will say, though, I did find myself skimming a lot of it just because it Mm. was a lot of Tobias pontificating about flying. (laughs) I love to fly, but I miss being a human boy. Oh, how my wings flap mightily, and yet I cannot walk among the people of the earth. (laughs) I would love to see Rachel receive an award for being a good student. Even though, like, we've kind of established it's very difficult for us all to be good students while we're trying to save the world. And also, Rachel isn't even the good student of the group, right? That's supposed to be Cassie, isn't it? So, like, what is this? But whatever. She's pretty. That's the point. Yeah. She's pretty, and Tobias loves her. And just wants to see her receiving that award. <laughs> her, her nerd award. <laughs> but yeah, overall, overall, it was a lot, an improvement from the last two. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is just like a small oasis in a desert of mm-hmm. very bad middle books of here. Middle books, middle books, middle books, which we may yeah. know a little yeah. bit because we may have read the next one. But yeah, fast forward to us in two weeks where we are whining about how awful the next book is. Yeah, but that's a problem for two weeks from now. (laughs) Yep, that's future Anna and M's problem. Not current days. Right now we're going to hang out with Swiftwind. Oh, beautiful Swiftwind. Beautiful boy. So, this book, The Change, is a Tobias POV. And after school one day, Tobias tries to take Rachel on a tour of the Yerkpool entrances he's found. Which... We never come back to this. Mm-hmm. I'm real curious. <laughs> like, yeah. Are we ever gonna? <laughs> uh, seems like not since we've read the next book, but you know, it doesn't yeah. come up then either. But I will say, shout out to Tobias because he's out here making plans, trying to get some intel, trying to, you know, fight the good fight while everybody else is dicking around on their asses. Going to school pretending not to be friends. Right. Like, (laughs) that's their big contribution. He's over here, like, working it, trying to use all of their advantages. All of them should be out doing this. Why are... I mean, like, I get during the school day, but, like, the fact that these kids are just so bad at offensive planning right now is just upsetting. And I think we... They are such, like, casual world savers. Right. Like, if the world has problems around us, We might do something about it, but until then, I've got chemistry homework. All of their plans are always like, oh, we've stumbled onto a thing and now we have to deal with it. Instead of being like, there is an ongoing situation that we have to deal with. We should go do some work to deal with it. (laughs) Yeah, like you, maybe you should, you guys should like, I don't know, try and tail important people and figure out if they're yerks or controllers. Or all become birds and do what Tobias is doing, which is watching the known Yerk pool entrances, watching the known Yerks and figuring out where the other Yerk pool entrances are. This is not Honestly. 
we've we've talked about this before that like on a competent team, Tobias would be like solid mid grade player, but because mm-hmm. he's surrounded by these idiots and Jake, the never planning leader, he looks <laughs> like just an all star all the time. Yes, honestly, he just loves to fly. That's it. That's like, true. If if he hadn't been able to see these things from the air, he might never have seen them. <laughs> <laughs> So he tries to take Rachel on this tour of the Yerkpool entrances, but while they're in the air, they suddenly find themselves flying over the forest near Cassie's house instead of where they really wanted to go. And as they are flying around in this new location, they notice two Hork-Bajir come up out of a secret hole in the ground, and they are being chased by some human controllers. What? What in the world? What? So Rachel and Rachel and Tobiel... Hmm. That's a good, two good couple names right there. Tobiel, Rachel and Tobias, the beautiful, brave babies that they are, decide to help the hork because they rightly assume that anyone running away from controllers is probably not a controller. I don't know. It could have been practice. <laughs> for Just in case, for the next time someone tries to make an escape, yeah. here's, here's how we'll do it. Um. But if you remember, the Hork-Bajir, not you, Em, but the people who are listening, if you guys <laughs> I remember. I probably don't remember either. I'm on a lot of cough medication. <laughs> but the Hork-Bajir are the peaceful alien race that the Yerks forcefully took over because they're all covered in blades and saws and shit. Uh, but we find out in this book that the reason they're all, like, decorated thusly is because they uproot trees and eat them all day long so well, they like carve the bark off of them yes yeah they're just really kitted out lumberjacks yeah which that's nice yeah i guess so like i'm glad that evolution worked out that way for them well not really because it's what made them <laughs> a good target for the yerks so actually <laughs> well sucks. i feel like th- I'm wondering if they had to have been, like, neighbors or something, or if the Yerks are just, like, these are the only people, the only aliens that look like badasses, so let's get them. It's like everyone else just look like slugs, like the taxons. Well, I think it's probably a combo of uh, they were probably nearby-ish, and also, as we also find out in this book, they're pretty stupid. So, like, it's a good combo of being a good group of creatures to take over in terms of easy to take over and also like good weapons yes i guess yeah those are some points against them they're idiots they're dumb dumb peaceful idiotic saws (laughs) sentient saws that can run really fast but think very slow but yes (laughs) alas so tobias Tobias hauls butt to to help save these hork bajir and he like swoops down into the forest and is like thought speeching to them to be like jump here turn left here go faster now that kind of thing and as they're doing this one of the hork bajirs trips and falls and the other starts freaking out and he's like my wife no <laughs> How and dare you? <laughs> Tobias is like, no, leave her. She's dead weight. Keep running. 
Um, and they do so. And, and they get away with one, the one hork bajir and they lay low in a cave. And he's like, but I got to go back. She is my wife. And they're like, we'll think about it. We got to go tell our other teenage friends about the situation. <laughs> if the hork bajir were intelligent, they'd be like, oh, well, I'm not going to, like, I don't really care about you and your teenage friends. You guys are small teenagers and I'm going to do my own thing. But like the hork bajir is basically just like, okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I will do as you say, you tiny hawk overlord. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rachel and Tobias then go back and tell the other bandalites about the hork bajir escapees. And they all go on a field trip to visit them in the cave, visit him in the cave. And the male hork bajir is like, my name is Jara Hammy, I guess. <laughs> probably something fancier than that. Jara Hammy. Yeah, I Hame. think it's probably Jara that Hame. one. But Jarrah Hammy sounds good, too. And <laughs> Axe is like, I don't believe you. You're totally still a year. You're just fucking with us. And so Jarrah Hammy, like, cuts open his own skull and was like, look, there's no Yerks in this tiny brain. <laughs> okay. Which is pretty metal. <laughs> it's pretty metal. It also does um, give points to the reasoning why the Yerks wanted to take over the species, considering A, fast healing, and B, again, just fucking idiots. Like, what? Yes. Yes. <laughs> there are so many but germs got in the this job cave, done. Hammy. What are you doing? Yeah, the Jarrah Hammy's definitely getting, he like, I don't think he's up to date on his vaccinations. No. There's like all kinds of things in these woods. Mm. So he like squishes his skin back together and it heals really quickly and that's cool but bad news bears the controllers have found out where the hork bajir is hiding so they have to help jerry hammy escape and rachel decides like let me let me acquire your dna and morph into you but then the rest of them are like good idea we're not gonna do that though what what why don't you all touch this guy this guy is willing to be touched touch him (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I think that the argument Lay might your hands be upon him. trying to trying to, you know, reason out their logic here. Mm-hmm. Re- they're worried about Rachel doing it because then if he sees Rachel and then gets taken back by a year, it would be like bad news bears for Rachel and whatever, because then like the year would know Rachel is a bandalite. Mm-hmm. So it's like a whole thing. But it's like, OK, in for a. Okay, I really, what is the expression? Because I really just thought it was in for a kettle, in for a pound, and I know that penny, penny. <laughs> is it in for a penny? It's in, in for a, a penny. It's in for okay. a penny, yes. <laughs> in for a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> I was really doubting my knowledge about that, too. I was like, uh-oh, what is it? <laughs> a moment. In for something that doesn't weigh a pound, in for a pound. Well, I think it's, I think it's monetary, right? Like, in Probably. for a penny, in for a pound, like the... Right? Is where that expression comes from? That, that makes more sense than, like, a penny weighs less than a pound. Yeah. I think it's, like, a penny costs less than a pound. I think it's, yes. like, they're both... In anyway. for a penny, in for a Sacagawea gold dollar coin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, point being, like, if the Hork-Bajir knows Rachel is a bandalite gets taken back, then it's not going to be... The, the Yerks are fucking stupid and bad at strategizing we've mentioned before but like this is known they're gonna figure it out if they figure out rachel is one it's not like so you guys should just you're in it at this point just everybody be a fucking hork bajir stop being stupid 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> also, you know what would make uh, it seem more like you are actual Andalites and less like you are humans who only have earth morphs if you get mm-hmm. some alien morphs if you had some aliens yes yes also like if they were super worried about that what about all of the ones that they've killed why don't they just like touch some dead ones or are there rules against that like do dead animals not have dna i don't know have we done dead animals yet because i know we kind of had this discussion when they were lobsters at the grocery mm. store because lobsters mm-hmm. are alive so maybe and we were like why didn't they just touch all the fish so yeah. maybe, like, they can't pick up dead animals? I don't know if it's come up yet. I guess that might be a bridge we haven't crossed yet is when we get to, like, necromancy. But, again, something that Jake should have been trying out as the oh, leader. Oh, for sure. What are the limitations of our new powers? Mm-hmm. Or ask Axe. Axe, Axe. Axe, Axe, please. <laughs> um, also... I have to say, during this scene, like, Marco's kind of on my shit list because he's over here, like, for sure. spouting all of this heteronormative nonsense about, like, how can you tell a girl hork from a boy hork because they don't have boobs or stay in the kitchen. I'm so glad you brought this up so I'm not the one who's always being the angry feminist on here. Because, <laughs> yes, this was trash and Marco is on my shit list again. And I think this is the thing with Marco. I think he is only good in books where he is the main character. Yes, because you can see his whole monologuing about yes. like why he's making the jokes and where they're coming from. But even though, I think this would have been worse, though, from his point of view, maybe. I think that if this was a book in his perspective, it I don't think Applegate would have made him make these jokes. Does that make mm. sense? I think yeah. that like we're only getting the really shitty like misogynist Marco when mm-hmm. it's from, especially like the girl's point of view, so that the girls can be like, I'm a tough girl and I was annoyed by that. Like, I think that's kind of what the impetus is for including it as a narrative, like, feature. Yes, I can see that. But it makes Marco trash. Like, it's very annoying. weird, like, I'm going to uplift women by being a nasty guy. (laughs) Yeah, like, it's like Marco's there to say mean things about or shitty things about girls so that the girls can be like, I'm a tough girl and I didn't like it when he said that. Like, no, Marco, you're dumb. Marco, that's so rude. (laughs) Marco, you look like a smelly ape. (laughs) Cassie doesn't like clothes, and I do like clothes, and girls can be different, and it's okay, Marco. (laughs) Marco, you can't just ask an alien species where their reproductive genitalia are and what they look like. Marco. 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 Because at the end, like, honestly, they do that, like, well, male hork have these parts, and female hork don't have these parts. Well, I think those were more, like, I don't think those were their reproductive genitalia. I think that was secondary sex characteristics, because, like, boobies, essentially, because they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can see this difference here and here. And Marco's like, is that the only difference? And, the and then the woman's hork- like... All mad at him because she's he's asking about her vajayjay. Yeah, he, she's vajayjay. like that. The rest is secret for between Hork Bajir, and it's like okay, so we don't know about your ding dongs and your vajayjays. But Marco's real curious. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Anyway, I feel he's gonna come back and spy on them and figure it out for himself. I feel like <laughs> this is gonna be Marco's new kink. This Marco is gross. Don't care for it. Gross Marco. Also, I feel like it's mainly in the Rachel book specifically. I feel like it's less in the Cassie books because Marco in the Cassie books is more like 
Because Cassie and Marco love yeah, each other exactly. secretly. I think that I really do think that like Marco is a lot worse in Rachel books, and I'm gonna keep track of it from now on and see if that's actually yes. the case. And I think also Tobias books, he does give I feel like he gives Tobias a lot more shit in Tobias books about being a hawk because obviously it's from Tobias's point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's like real rude about it in these books. And also because the Tobias books are a little bit more like Rachel focused as well. Yeah. I feel like Tobias is like the guy Don't talk to my girlfriend like yeah, 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 girlfriend, yeah. she would be Rachel. <laughs> if I were a boy, if I were a human boy. I feel like in Jake books, Marco's like Ah, oh, just a funny best friend. And then in like Rachel books, he's like almost antagonistic. And then in Cassie mm-hmm. books, he's like funny potential other love interest. And then Tobias books, he's almost antagonistic. I think he's yes. like bad in Tobias and Rachel books. I don't remember. I wonder if we'll have another Axe point of view. Oh, yeah. Soon so we can see how that changes. Mm. I mean, but. I feel like Axe doesn't really understand humor. So it's like a thing. I don't know. Mm. Artie, can you please go lay down somewhere? I have nothing for you right now. So Rachel morphs into the Hork-Bajir. And then Tobias decides to hitch a ride with Rachel because he's worried about her. Um, But in the course of doing so, like they're running in the woods, Rachel and Tobias together. But then he suddenly transported to a field where the other Hork-Bajir is being cornered by some controllers in Visser 3. And Tobias... He comes up with this plan where he's going to antagonize another hawk. So that hawk causes a distraction. So then everyone looks at it. And then Tobias swoops in and slices the shit out of Visser 3's eye stalks. <laughs> Which I feel like he did some serious damage. Like he may have blinded Visser 3 or something. Um, or at least that was the intention. But then he seems fine. I don't know. Um. Well, I mean... Does he seem fine immediately or is it like after some morphs? Because have we talked, have we figured out, I know like if you go into a morph and then you get injured in the morph and then you come out of the morph, you're fine in your normal form. But could you like, and then if you remorph back into that animal, it's fine again. So could you like theoretically, if you are in your base form, morph and then morph back to your base form as a form of healing or would you still be injured in your base form? That is a good question. Well, I don't know. I feel like in the book where Axe got his arm cut off, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like he would have just morphed and then unmorphed. Mm. How did they fix the arm thing? I forget. Eric. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know because spoiler alerts in the next book, Visser 3 is not like wearing an eye patch or anything. How would that work with eye stalks? (laughs) It's a little hat. (laughs) (laughs) It's like pops it on. Oh, cute. Stylish. Rachel would appreciate it. Yes. She's all about fashion. Uh, but Tobias's distraction works, and the other hork is able to run away. And husband and wife are reunited. Very nice. So sweet. So sweet. And when the Bandalites are trying to discuss where they can hide them, because they're two, like, horking big aliens... Tobias is given a vision of a hidden valley in the mountains that he's never been to before. And so finally, at this point, Tobias is like, hmm, I feel like maybe there's there's something Something's else at up. play here. I keep getting transported places, and now I've had this vision. Do you all think that, like, maybe... No, no, I'm just crazy, <laughs> right? Like, mm. <laughs> why did it take you this long, Tobias, to wonder... 
I mean, because he's dumb. <laughs> yeah, he's just a 13-year-old boy. He's just a 13-year-old hawk boy. Mm-hmm. That night, Tobias and Axe are guarding the hork because they're the only two that do anything because these other children have regular lives or whatever. They're guarding the hork and Tobias is given a vision of some taxons that are coming to sniff out the hork which apparently taxons are slugs, but they have very good noses like bloodhounds. Makes sense. I thought taxons were more like centipedes. Maybe. But again, do centipedes have a good sense of smell? Like, they do, don't they? Any sort of, like, insect-like... I think centipedes do have a sense of smell. Do I don't know. Hold on. Let's see. Centipede Can centipedes smell? smell? Okay, well, this just told me they things stink. about how they, they are smelly. yes dang it (laughs) they can emit a foul smelling fluid to repel enemies so not unlike skunks and so since the taxons apparently have very good senses of smell they're like honing in on where the hork are hiding and they decide to run and in the course of like Sometime in this, like, general time period, the hork is like, I heard a voice in my head that told me when I was supposed to run. And Tobias is like, I've also been having weird things happen to me. And he just, like, stops running. And he's like, okay, whoever it is that's, like, has a hand in all of this, give me answers or I'm just, like, surrendering right here, right now. And surprisingly, it works. He's transported to a plane where he is... Part boy, part bird. Man bird. Surprise! It's the Elemis! He's back! (laughs) Okay, so here was the one issue I had with this book, and this is not the book's fault. This is my fault, and because of how we are reading these. Um, Uh I am having this problem more and more often as we read these, that there's stuff in the earlier books that I'm like, oh, I think this is that, and I want to check. But I can't, like, look it up on the wiki or whatever because I'm afraid of spoilers. Yes, very true. So real quick, what was the Elemist's whole deal in the Rachel book? Because I know he was, like, time-traveling them in order to make Rachel choose whether he was going to save them or not. But then, like, really he didn't want Rachel to choose to give up. He wanted them to keep fighting, right? Yes. But it was, like, a double-blind thing to, like... Yeah. He was playing 40 chess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he's like, I can't, like, actively do anything. Right. But the others are like, that's bullshit because you're the one that's actively pushing us to do your dirty work. So what is the Elemist's goal, do we think or know at this point? Like, to defeat the Yerks or? That's a good question. I can't remember if we were given, like, a clear-cut goal. And I don't want to re-listen to the episode or reread the book or look it up on the wiki. Um, hold on. Maybe if we look up the wiki for the individual books. Well, it doesn't say on the, on the wiki page. All right. I think it's more kind of like the Elemist feels like the Yerks are doing something that like upsets the balance okay. of but the, the galaxy. But o- the other Elemists are all like, who we haven't met, are all like Star Trek don't. A don't like interfere, right? Yes, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I feel like there's some there's some kind of like judges, maybe. Hmm. A little, little. Don't quote me on that. We'll have to wait till we get to the Elemis Chronicles, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> um. So the Elemist is like, 
being all cryptic and shit, but the bottom line is that, like, these are the two last two Hork-Bajir that are free in the whole of the galaxy. And so we need to save them. Tobias needs to save them, really. And Tobias is like, fine, I will help you, but you need to give me a gift. And you know what I want, so don't fuck with me. But he, like, never verbalizes specifically to the Elmas. Like, he's never, like, turn me back into a real boy. He's just like, you know what I want. Give it to me. And I also do want to, because this is kind of why I was, like, I guess, confused about the Elmas motivations, right? Because, okay, so he's trying to, now, in this book, mm-hmm. he's trying to get these Hork-Bajir somewhere safe so they can repopulate the Earth, I guess, which is a bad plan, but okay. Um, maybe the Elemist will offer them the deal. Maybe, maybe, all, maybe. I don't know. But in any case, he's trying to get them out of your control so that they can go be free elsewhere and mm-hmm. so that there will still be free Hork-Bajir. Okay. So, like, the thing with this is this is not on a time limit because literally these two were, like, your controllers and then it was just, like, while they were having their Yerks in the Kondrona pool that they got free, right? Like, right. it's not like they were born free and never had a Yerk in them and we have to protect them or anything like that. It's like they were yeah, controlled. Yeah, so assumably the Elemis could recreate these. Yes. So yeah. if, like, the Elemis' whole deal was, like, he wants to help the Animorphs do the best that they can and defeat the Yerks and whatever, but, like, sneaky, sneaky-like, um, this is a really bad plan unless, like, the Hork-Bajir are somehow going to be instrumental in defeating the Yerks, which I feel like they're not because that would be yeah. wild. How could you be? They're stupid. They're stupid and bad at things. So, like, couldn't he just not do this and let the Animorphs go on their business and uh, hopefully one day defeat the Yerks and then you can free the Hork-Bajir, assuming the Animorphs haven't killed them all, which the, this also brings up this issue in this book <laughs> that the Animorphs have, in fact, killed Hork-Bajir in the past and will continue to kill Hork-Bajir. Yeah. And they're essentially slaves who are being forced to do this stuff. And it's actually really problematic, but whatever. Yes. So, like, this is a bad plan. Unless the Elemist, unless, okay, I guess maybe the one thing might be if the Elemist was trying to get, I feel like this is thinking way too far ahead, though. If the Elemist was trying to get the Hork-Bajir free simply so that Tobias goes through all of this and gets his morphing back. Fucking 4D chess again, I swear. If the end game of this was for Tobias, what happens to Tobias to happen, or for Rachel to acquire the Hork-Bajir, if that's like the linchpin of everything. I don't, I think it might even just be the fact because like, spoiler alert, the female Hork-Bajir is pregnant Maybe that was the impetus for it. He was like, got to get this prego out of here so that her baby can be born Wait, free. was she actually pregnant or were they just planning to go fuck? I thought it implied that she was. I thought Let's... it implied that they were planning to go fuck. I mean, that too. I would have a freedom fuck as well. Because I can't imagine how she would get... Well, I guess that... Ooh, ooh, that's... Oh, I just thought of that and that's icky. That the fact that the Yerks probably were forcing them to breed in order to have more Hork-Bajir. But like... If that's the case, there's a lot of pregnant Hork-Bajir, probably. Ooh. They're just, like, they're a breeding farm down there. Yeah, it's real fucked up. Yes, let's see. Good place for Kawatnaj. Mm-hmm. What does Kawatnaj mean? Kawatnaj, small Hork-Bajir, small Jarahami. Oh, uh, yeah. 
well, it says children, they're going to have little baby hork So, yeah, maybe they aren't pregnant yet. I just thought it was like, hey, we're There's free. We got to get down to business now. I'm ovulating, so. Right. <laughs> tick, tick, homie. <laughs> My biological clock. Yeah, I, I guess then that this does, this is very, like, a low stakes thing that could really have bad consequences for the bandalites yeah. if it goes wrong. So I guess maybe we can justify it as the whole point of this from the Elmas perspective was to get Tobias to do what he does. That could be. Because he does have that line, remember, where he says, like, the whole fate of everybody relies on you, Tobias, and your decisions. Yeah. So that could be. Maybe this was all just to get to our boy. Swift wind. To give him give him an excuse. Because we know the Elemists are, like, controlled by, like, they have to offer these, like, bargains, essentially. And, like, that's mm-hmm. how it works. So maybe he could get away with, like, trying to help, or, like, with the Hork-Bajir situation, but couldn't, like, mm-hmm. get away with just giving the power to Tobias. So maybe it was just, like. Yeah, I'd believe that. Maybe he that's couldn't, what like, was. just be like, here you go, free morphing ability right. again. Yeah. So yeah, that is what that is what the Elemist does is he gives Tobias the ability to morph again, but like his base form is still Hawk. So not exactly what Tobias wanted, but also is exactly what Tobias wanted because he wants to be able to help out more with missions. Well, and also Tobias does get exactly what he wants by the end of the book, but he just thinks that like yes. he doesn't know the full plan yet. But so anyway, there's like this whole scene where he's like, as a hawk, he's being attacked by a raccoon and the Elemist voice is like, use the morph, Tobias. And so Tobias like acquires the raccoon DNA and fights off the raccoon. I don't Anyway, um, the whole forest is on fire because the taxons decided that the best way to find the hork to flush them out is to just light everything the fuck on fire. I mean, they're not so- wrong. Yeah, it's that's a pretty true. Good and it's also like eliminating their food source. So Yeah. And like it's a bad plan in the sense of like not being seen because mm-hmm. the people might notice the forest thing. But like they kind of gave up on that when they released the taxons. <laughs> they were kind of like, fuck it at that point. Yeah. So, might as well. Again. Might as well just light shit up. No holds barred. In for a kettle, in for a pound. <laughs> so i don't remember who it was but someone finally comes up with the idea that like these controllers are not going to stop until the hork bajir are dead or back under their control so they're like hmm well let's help plan fake the hork let's help fake the hork bajir's deaths it's so Rachel morphs into her hork bajir and Tobias is like guys I'm here hey watch this and he acquires the other hork DNA, and then morphs into it. And then they're like, Marco, go gorilla. We're going to throw ourselves off a cliff in full view of the year. So we're going to th- jump off this cliff. And you, as just a gorilla, are going to catch two gigantic alien masses that are, like, falling from a cliff. It's not how gorillas work. You're going to catch work. us just, like, midair. It's not how gorillas work. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. You, I think Gorilla Marco's arm is going to dislocate, and you're all gonna die. So they do that. Cool plan. Um, and then the real Hork Bajir are lying down at the bottom of the cliff, where the other Bandalites ha- are going to morph into wolves, and then 
not pretend to eat them, but actually eat them because work super heal themselves quickly. So they are just eating their friends. Super gross, guys. Uh, but it's it's okay because the plan worked and Gorilla Marco was able to catch everybody. I guess. I guess. See what they should have done, maybe. Instead of, like, they should have done that thing where they start to demorph as they're falling. Like, jump, mm-hmm. break the line of sight, and then demorph so that Gorilla Marco can catch Bugs. their human form. But even then, I'm like, that's a large amount of weight moving very quickly for a gorilla. Yeah, if we assume that the jump... Okay, so, like, was Gorilla Marco halfway down the canyon, or was he, like, at the bottom? Because if he's at the bottom, that's not going to work. I think he was somewhere on the cliff. Like, I don't know how far down. Okay, but but if that's the case, so is he hanging by the cliff, so he's catching them both one-handed? That's Yeah, that's what I imagined. That he was just, like, hanging out, gripping the rock side with one hand and just holding his other hand out for aliens. So this wouldn't... This is nonsense. This is this is three teenagers dying stupidly, is what it is. <laughs> but it worked. It fucking worked. So stupid. Tobias could have morphed into his hawk form, his... Right. his his regular ass self and flown away. And then Marco, Gorilla Marco would have just had to catch Hork-Bajir Rachel or human Rachel. I or guess human Rachel. I guess their worry would be if they started morphing and the like taxons and whatever else was following them like got there fast enough, they'd be able to see them demorph. But then they'd also be able to see them being they'd caught. Also be able to see the gorilla that caught them. So like <laughs> whatever. Oh my god. So anyway, they get they they save the day. Which they escort the This is also really, really gambling on Visser 3 being incredibly stupid, which I know that he which is, but he is, yeah. Because at the end they're like, Visser 3 looks over the canyon and sees the Hork Bajir being eaten by animals. Different animals, right? It's like a wolf and something else, isn't it? Or is it I two wolves? Know. I can't remember. But first of all, how did that pack of wolves get there so, so quickly? quickly. And, like, they're just eating this thing that is an alien and probably does not smell like food to them, but whatever. But Visser 3 yeah. is like, ah, oh, good. He's a fucking moron. These enemies have been defeated by falling to this canyon, and this is a fitting end to them, and we're not going to go check the bodies for a pulse or anything, even though we know that our main group of enemies can turn into Earth animals like wolves. What? Wolf, Visser 3, yeah. why are you so fucking stupid? He is, like, so paranoid most of the time about, like, any animal is going to be the Bandalite. Right. Because, of course, that is that is your life. But then, like, the one time where it matters, he's like, yes, let them all live. These Good day to you. These wolves I want. seem, like, perfect. Like, you don't even have to go down there and check. You guys have dragon beams. Just shoot a fucking yeah, dragon beam down them. there a few times. Like, honestly. Why are you? This is stupid. Ugh. Or throw rocks down, even. Just, like, push some boulders over the edge. The taxons are giant centipedes. Surely they can, like, creepy crawl down there. Yes. And then they could find Gorilla Marco and the other two on the way down. <laughs> You're like, boss, we have a situation. <laughs> uh, so the hork get to their little hidden valley. And Marco's like, hoo, hoo, show me your boobs. And... 
And then he makes like another gross joke where he's like, it's the Garden of Eden, so we all have to get naked. Yeah. You start, Rachel, is what he says. Yeah, Marco, chill, Marco, dude. You, <laughs> your little horn dog, please calm it down. Honestly. Um, and then at the very, well, almost the very end, the Elemis gives Tobias this vision dream thing where he takes him back in time. Yeah, he takes him back in time. Because the Elemis can time travel. We know this. Yeah, yeah. So I guess he just takes him back in time. And it's his former human self lying in bed. And he's like, mm, what are you doing? And Tobias is like, sleep, child. And he acquires his <laughs> own DNA. So now Tobias can morph into his old human self, but only for two hours. So thank God he can go to Rachel's award ceremony. <laughs> I was worried. Oh, it was a cute ending, though. The fact that it yeah, just, like... Yeah, yeah, I like... I, I'm enjoying this Tobias and Rachel relationship that is blossoming. Although, you know what is going to be fun? And I want to get into this with serious, uh, with serious theories real quick, because this is my main mm-hmm. one. So Tobias has acquired his DNA, his own DNA. And we know that, like, when you turn into animal, you just turn into however it was at the moment that you acquired its DNA. So, like, we also know that there's going to be some moving forward in time with these children. Yeah, oh you got there. So there's going to be a point, unless something else happens to Tobias oh. to allow him better morphing abilities, that Tobias is going to, the only time he can be human with a, an adult 18-plus-year-old Rachel is as a 14-year-old. And that is going Ooh. to be hella awkward. <laughs> I hate it. So there will be times in the future when Tobias will be an 18-year-old plus hawk boy mind trapped in a 14-year-old body. And that might be even worse than the hawk boy situation. There has to be a cure for his situation. We have to fix this. I I guess at some point he can turn into Tobias. Like whenever this is over, he can turn into Tobias... 14-year-old, and then from there, age and normal. Like, just stick with that, give up the morphing abilities, and age normally. But Rachel will have aged, you know, several years at that point. (laughs) I just just don't believe that there isn't a solution, an Andalite solution to this problem, because I'm sure it's had to have happened before. Like, I know the Andalites have, like, a creepy, exact sense of time. Mm -hmm. But... First of all, a question about time. Are hours going to be the same length for Andalites as they are for humans? Um, I think we've talked about this, and I think that the conclusion is that the amount of time is it's are two hours, no matter what that is. And I guess the Andalites just happen to live on a planet where that works out for them, that that's a good measurement the of time. exact same distance from the sun as our planet Earth. seems to... It's not like it's different for him than it is for the other Animorphs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe would it be different? Okay, well, maybe this is maybe this is the thing. Maybe it's less about, like, the measurement of time as we, like, less about the two hours as much uh-huh. as it is about, like, the percentage of time rotate. No, that wouldn't work because they did that whole time travel thing. So it has to, it, no. Because I was going to say, if, like... Maybe it's, like, in the thought speech is, like, automatically translated. Right, maybe. right, right. So maybe acts as, like, it's six schmeepschmorps. Yeah, exactly. And may- <laughs> But I was also going to say, maybe it's less, like, our idea of two hours in the sense of, like, 
60 seconds times 120 Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the amount of time that we consider two hours and more like a percentage of the rotation of the whatever planet you're on. So maybe it would be different per planet. That's like some real hard sci-fi though. And this is yeah, that's true. <laughs> this this is this is definitely playing fast and loose with the rules. There are no rules. There that's true there are no rules. <laughs> but yeah, I I just I don't believe that some stupid andalite like there there ha, there has to be like just hundreds and thousands of stupid andalites who stayed in their bodies too long. Do they just get sent to some kind of sanitarium yeah. like here's where you different ones go now? <laughs> I think that, you know, like way back in the first episode of this, I was like, the Andalites are probably evil because like this is my perception of sci-fi where anytime there is an alien race that seems like, oh, so good and wholesome that they're probably secretly evil. I still kind of believe that. I still would believe that the Andalites have like a sanitarium for everybody who got stuck after the two hours and are like viciously cruel to them. And, you know, like it's only good if you're good at morphing or, you know, whatever. Yeah, they're like... Like that old, like 1950s style, yeah. like giving everybody lobotomies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's what they're doing. They lobotomize them and then they use that as their touching zoo. Yeah. For when they want to get DNA from other creatures. The touching zoo that we know must exist. Their petting zoo. <laughs> oh. Fucking Andalites, man. Yep. Fuck those guys. Mm. Useless. Uh, so who was your most valuable morph okay. this week? I know this is going to be contentious, and I have an explanation. Don't say Marco. It's not Marco. Okay. I want to give it to Jake. No! Listen, here's why. Ugh. Jake didn't fuck anything up this week. I'm very proud of him. He didn't do him. shit. I'm very proud of him. He didn't fuck anything up. And this is the first book, the first <laughs> book, where the entire book... He did not enforce his perversion on anyone. There were no bugs in this book. Good job, Jake. (laughs) So by being the least valuable, he became became the most most valuable. valuable. (laughs) I'm giving it to him. This is the only time Jake's ever going to be able to get a most valuable This is true. He has to take the wins where he can get them. (laughs) How about you? Who are you giving it to? Oh, man. I think I'm giving it to the Elemist. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, I mean, Tobias did a lot of work, yeah. but he was real whiny about it. He was. Like, he was like, I don't want to save the work, Bajir. I just want to be human. To be human again. To be human again. <laughs> um, Rachel was kind of badass as always. Yeah. But kind of in that way, it's like, okay, a little bit Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Um. So, yeah, I think the Elemist, he did, <laughs> he did the most for me this week. He saved this book. <laughs> Imagine if it was some bullshit like alien toilets, dude. Just imagine. <laughs> Spoiler alert for two weeks or now. Oh, man. All right. Uh, what What about Morbid Moment? You got one this week? Oh, um, I forgot to do a Morbid Moment. If you have one, you go first, and I'll think. Okay, I've got a few, but I think the one I'm going to go with is... When Tobias goes back in time to his own past in order to acquire his own DNA, which will perpetually uh-huh. be 13 or whatever. Um, uh-huh. Perfect. But he has the moment where, like, he wakes up, his past self wakes up, and he's like, his current, oh, God, time travel. His current self is like, 
I must have for, like I forgot this dream or whatever. So like this did happen in Tobias's uh-huh. past. Like he's like, oh yeah, I kind of remember this dream, right? Right. Yeah. And Tobias wakes up, and he's like, "What's good, Hawk? What's this weird dream? What's going on?" And Hawk Tobias <laughs> is like, "You have to go to the construction site with Jake tomorrow." And so like Tobias seals his future, own man. future, and is like accepts that he is going to be a fucked up hawk boy because he's like he chose this yeah life. he's like he sends himself to his own doom and that is very sad <laughs> that is that is pretty messed up like he knew well i mean like you said though his life was pretty pretty awful beforehand okay i get that his life was pretty awful and he's a very sad boy who gets passed around from aunt to uncle but like i'm sorry <laughs> It was still better than being a hawk boy. <laughs> I don't know. He's, he just loves flying so much. Anna, he's eating mice in the forest. He loves flying so much. Yeah, he also can't go to Rachel's award ceremony because of it. <laughs> but he can ride those thermals all day long. <laughs> uh, no, I think my most morbid moment was this. Tobias kind of makes a mention of how... During the day, he's like this fierce predator and he feels kind of like almighty. But then at night, when there are no thermals to fly upon and when there is no sun with which to see, he's just like this small, tiny creature that could die at any moment. And I was like, damn, he feels that every fucking night. Yeah. That sucks. Because the other anamorphs won't let him sleep in their rooms. Why won't Cassie just leave the barn door open? Jesus. Or, like, why can't he and Axe just, like, bunker down and make a home for themselves with their Sweet Valley High books? Honestly, here's the other thing, because I, I was kind of thinking this when we were talking about, like, Axe and Tobias having to keep watch. The other Animorphs are such fucking assholes, because, like, yes. number one, Tobias is a hawk. He could easily hide in any of their rooms. I've seen enough sitcoms from the 70s where someone sneaks a dog into their room and keeps them for weeks, okay? <laughs> like, it's possible. But number two, Axe can literally turn into any of them. So, like, it's fucking True. rude that they don't, like, do guard shifts. Like, he goes and sleeps yep. for two hours at Cassie's house while Cassie goes and deals with it. Then, like, they switch off and, like, he goes and sleeps for two hours at Rachel's house. Like, he could get a full night's sleep, you know, in a bed like a normal oh, person yeah. comfortably instead of having to sit out and guard the hork Like, Yeah, remember when they did that for fucking baby skunks? Right. <laughs> Do you remember, Do you remember how you did when that for they love skunks? skunks more than they love Tobias and Axe? <laughs> it's just rude. They treat they treat Axe and Tobias like shit, and they need to be more. They really do take them for. They granted. need to be more cognizant of the sacrifices these two are making. Seriously, though, I mean, it's such it's so stupid. He's a tiny little hawk. He's a little he hawk. Can, he's a little hawk. And Cassie has a place to keep little hawks. Yes. So dumb to keep both of them. Like, Axe could totally sneak into the barn at night, too. Yeah. And then just, like, Tobias will be like, mm, I'll use my super hawk hearing to tell you if anyone's coming, and then you can just morph into this other bird. I mean, Cassie's parents are essentially animal hoarders. There's no way they're going to notice one more animal in their stupid barn. Exactly. It's ridiculous. You tell me they don't have a barn. So dumb. So stupid. I'm mad. I'm mad now. I'm mad. I'm mad at the I'm rest mad of the animorphs. everyone except Tobias and Axe. <laughs> the only good animorphs. Honestly, 
They're sacrificing so much. And fucking Marco's over here like, oh, show me your boobs. I will say Rachel does get a little bit of a pass because I'm pretty sure her house is still destroyed from the time that she was an elephant. Where is she staying right now? (laughs) (laughs) And also she does bring Tobias books sometimes. (laughs) So, you know, she's trying at least. She's making an effort. She's doing her best. Cassie, Marco, and Jake are too bad with, they're too busy with their dumb bullshit love triangle. I know. And Cassie's like, I love animals so much unless they're my friends, in which case I'll treat them like garbage. (laughs) And also like yell at them for eating other animals. For having to survive on what they can because I don't provide for them. (laughs) Oh, Oh. God. All right. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for this. Yeah. Uh, Next week, we are going to be diving into the second book in our uh, adventure. Nope, not adventure. Survival 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 book unit, uh, which will be Robinson Crusoe. Uh, so if you're oh boy oh boy started reading that one today and it's gonna be a slog <laughs> just like i'm i'm still like reserving judgment on I, I i imagine it can be entertaining but it's just it was written in the 1700s y'all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even the dialogue is in the same paragraph like, <laughs> it's just... um and then the week after that we'll be back with animorphs number 14 the unknown the unknown Yep. So tune in for that. In the meantime, if you need to get in touch with us for any reason whatsoever, if you've got some hot Elemis takes um, or some centipede facts for us, we'd love to hear them. You can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. And we are on all your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Because the reason I'm going to give you for this week to do that thing is that I don't got one. <laughs> oh my god. I can't even I can't even come up with a reason for you to like us. Where is my sense of self-worth, you guys? Follow us so that Anna can can establish a sense of self-worth. Yes, please. Every subscriber equals I like myself that much more. No, I no, don't. That's too much pressure on you guys. It's too big of a it's too big of a hole to fill. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you don't mind, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts um, or just anywhere else you want to talk about us. Do it. Do it. Tell people about our podcast. We would very much appreciate it. In the words of K.A. Applegate. There are definitely some nice things about being a hawk, and flying with Rachel is probably the nicest. (laughs) (laughs) What smell do centipedes hate? Spiders and centipedes hate the smell of peppermint. peppermint. I just clicked too. Cool. Also, that gave me like a visceral flashback to um, the movie, a movie I used to watch all the time as a kid, Anastasia, where oh, yeah. at the end, uh, Anastasia is goes up to her, gra- you know, estranged grandmother and is like, Peppermint? I, I remember I dropped the thing on the floor and it forever smelled of it. And then they both say at the same time, peppermint. And I'm like picturing that, but with like Anastasia's a centipede. <laughs> the 
they're both centipedes, and they're like, we couldn't live there ever again. That's why the Russian Revolution happened. 